to Jelly Trumpet. So I'm with David Baldwin of Baldwin and, and this is our bonus track on Jelly Trumpet. So you were saying, tell me about this um, songwriting book you said. Yeah, well, it, it, there's a, a book by Jeff Tweedy of Wilco um, and it's called How to Write One Song. But, but Jim, it's about so much more than that. And it's, it's, uh, there's three books that I've read on writing that I really, really love. One is Stephen King's book on writing and uh, yeah, I've read that. fantastic book. And he really lets you into your into his process. But Jeff Tweedy is writing a book about um, like, hey, let's write a song together. Let's just write a song. And but what he does is, and it's it's a lot of the things that I hear you talking about on the show. He he talks a lot about the discipline of writing things down. He talks a lot about uh, his job as a songwriter. So he lives at home. He doesn't have an office, but he goes up into his attic and he writes songs every day at a certain time through a certain time. He literally hits the clock, goes, he's nine, he's a nine to five songwriter, but he works at his house, you know? And um, he talks a lot about the discipline. There's a lot of uh, the love of language and throwing lists together of words that don't belong together and yeah. making connections and how, how that transforms ordinary into just really it takes it into new places that you would just never think about. Did he, if you um, just, yeah. Sorry. Carry on. Come on. Yeah. If you just sat and wrote, you know, if you just sat and thought with your fingers, you know, on a typewriter or just thought with your fingers, like he's, he's really, um, he's, he's, he's really got this down into sort of alchemy in the book. It's a fantastic book. It's a, you can read it. You can read it in, you know, a couple you can hours. read it without wanting to be a songwriter. You're just going to learn about creativity. Yeah. yeah. But it makes you want to write a song. And in fact, it got me back into songwriting. So, I do want to write a song. I've never been musical. So I have you written anything for, because there's so many things I'm going to talk to you about, David, but yeah. um, the songwriting, etc. with your band, the Gumbies, yeah. that's right, isn't it? The Gumbies? Yes, the Gumbies. Yep. The Gumbies. <clears throat> have you, is it a collaboration between you and the songwriting? The, the mu it always fascinates me between the music and the lyrics. Yes. The well, I, it's uh, my, my partner, James Thompson, and I, who grew up, together in El Paso, Texas, and have reunited after 40 years. He lives in Fort Collins, so it's a virtual band, but we're putting music out. Yeah. Um, you know, he's one, of, he's one of those guys that's a fearless composer, and I'm a fairly fearless composer as well. And what I mean by that is we're not, neither, neither of us are afraid to be stupid mm -hmm. and throw out a really bad idea. I, I, I think that there's a real power in throwing out bad ideas. Uh, when you're collaborating with somebody and it's the yes and right it's you just keep yes ending an idea until it's not good or it's good and you you save judgment until it's done yeah and then you go oh, that sucks it's not or, that, that sucks yeah. it's like if you if you've done a lot of acting etc you usually start with things like status play and then block and accept yeah so you learn that positivity about yeah. you know just letting the ideas run and run and run and see what happens etc yeah so I'm going to take you right back because in our 12 questions, you talked about everything stemming from being a copywriter. Yeah. So how did you get into copywriting? Yeah. So I, when I, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and my mother was a uh, head of a media 
department at an advertising agency. And so I grew up from a very young age knowing it was a possibility as a career. And I think a lot of people just don't, they don't even think about it as a, oh, that's a thing. That's a job. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, when I was 10, I knew that was a job and I thought that was cool. And I would go in on the weekend, whether or something and go like, who are those people in the back with the t- cool tables that are drawing stuff? Like, what's that? You know? And that just really said kind of to me, like, I really think that's a, a, a path of using your wits and being creative to make a living. Okay. I had no idea where it would take me. Uh, and then I was also a musician yeah, and, and trying to make a living doing that as I got older. And I had an agreement, agreement with myself that um, if I didn't think I could make a living as a musician by the time I was 19, I would, I would go all in on advertising. That's what I did. What's wonderful about, am I going too long? No, no, sorry. I, got, oh. I forgot to turn off my messaging on my oh, computer. Okay. Like, right, never mind. Carry on. <laughs> um, what's, what's wonderful about advertising as a career is it opens up opportunities to do anything you want. It's, it's, I, I'm, I, I imagine there's a chartered accountant out there who's a fantastic poet, you know, but advertising encourages it (laughs) you know if you're in the advertising business like it encourages you to you know it's it's an industry full of people with cool things in their drawer you know like that there's a script or a book or a or or poetry or drawings or paintings like that's just what we are what's what's the emotion that you had like that because most people i've never met a copywriter who wanted to be a copywriter they come from another direction yeah whereas with me I was thinking, well, why didn't David, you know, he's got this interest in writing. Why didn't he think to become a novelist or a lyricist or a playwright? Why yeah. are you copywriting and advertising? Well, I, I, I think I had a self-awareness of what I could, what I was good at. Yeah. I would say it that way. And by the way, I have a great admiration and love for great copywriting. Um, mm-hmm. It is a skill unto itself to be good briefly, you know, to say something that, exposes a human truth or an insight in a uh, often pithy way, it's a skill. It's a skill that you, I see writers all the time who can't do it, like really good writers who can't do it. It's an emotional thing, you know. Yeah. Um, my business, my central business is about conversion optimization. Right. And the key right. to that is like once you've got the delivery sorted out, if it's a product, <laughs> then you're right. Yeah. But no, it's about the emotional hook. It's yeah. about telling stories. It's about honesty in a way. And that even down to microcopy, which I like, you know, there's that yeah. old thing that's supposed to be said by Hemingway, isn't it? Tell us a story in six words. Yeah, right. Baby shoes, for sale, never worn. Yeah. And that's supposed to be one of the – and it is fantastic because there's three acts in that. And oh, that's right, right, three acts and gain an emotion at the end. It's like a Cohen when, when things change at the end. But I'm going to go back now to, because I'm just absolutely fascinated with that, with the um, How to Write a Song book. Did his, what was his name? Jeff? Jeff Tweedy. Tweedy. Uh, T-W-E-E-D-Y. D-Y. Right, okay. Did he talk in there, because this fascinates me as well, about the cut-up technique? I don't know. I talk about the cut-up technique. So the cut-up technique was usually, I heard about it first reading about David Bowie, but I think he took it from Dylan. And the idea was that they would cut up pieces from newspapers, from magazines, etc. And um, David Bowie actually cut out bits from his own journal, so yeah. bits of his writing. I don't know how long, three to five words, maybe seven a sentence. Yeah. And so he cut them up and turned them over, and then he picked them up at random. So he was creating juxtapositions 
yeah. by just by a mechanical method instead of doing it in his head, which fascinated so he, me. He did actually talk about that. I don't believe he called it that. But what he talked about was he would often write, Jeff Tweedy would often write music, write the songs, write the lyrics, and then take it, cut the lines up, and then scatter them to the, you know, to the wind. So it's the same thing. But do you uh, think, um, as a creative, do you think that's cheating? No, I think it's brilliant. And I, I don't think there's any such thing as cheating. And in fact, um, one, of, one of the songwriting techniques that I learned from somebody that I love – I think it's great is sit down stupid and try to play a song that you love and you'll write a song that's different. It's very strange and I can't explain it beyond that. But if you go, I don't know how this song goes. I don't know how to play it. I don't know what key it's in, but I've got my guitar and I'm going to try to play it right now. And you try to play it and it doesn't come out. What comes out is something else because you actually don't know the song. Yeah. And it's a really great way to refoundation a song and create something new that the person hearing it that wrote the song would never know. Now I'm not talking about take the one, four, you know, one, four or five, uh, you know, progression and apply it to the song that happens all the time. But, but uh, it is a really, really interesting way. You know, a great example would be, I'm going to try to, I'm going to write it. I'm going to take, here comes the sun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to play it. Now, I, you know, unfortunately, I kind of do know how to play it because I can hear it. But, but like, I don't know how to play that song, so I'm just going to start trying to play it. And something weird will come out. It's w- really strange. Now, I don't think that's cheating, personally. Uh, no, no, no. I, you know, I think the cut-up thing, I was being provocative, David. Just no, no, no. I, I think it's a really great thing. And I, the, I, what I want to, what I love about your question is I want to give people permission to do that because – your judgment comes in later where you go, oh, I just ripped off. Here comes the sun. Like, I can't do that. But come to that conclusion when it's done. Like, you know, the, the, the analogy that I would use is dancing, right? Mm. You don't, you learn dance steps. You go, I, I love that song. I want to dance to that song. Like, you don't plan it all out. I'm not talking about actual, like, Broadway dancers or yeah. you know, people who do have choreography. I'm talking about unchoreographed joy dancing where you're creating a moment. That's what creativity can be, where you're just going to enjoy the dance. You don't, dan- you don't start dancing to finish dancing. Yeah. yeah. Right? You don't go, all right, let's get, this, let's get this song on the road so I can be done with it. You know, that's not what you do. You go out and you dance. But you're putting together collective experience and learned you know, things that you've learned, things that you've, uh, your body has sort of memory, you know, body memory, your, your uh, muscle memory has absorbed. And then you apply it. And that's what I mean. So you're, that's what you're doing with some of those, uh, cut, what'd you call it? Cut up? Cut up. Um, yeah, they call it cut yeah up. That, that's what that is. I, I think that that's great. And by the way, coming up with an idea for a song is 90% of it. You know, it's like just having the ideas. Like, uh, I can't tell you how much music I have with no lyrics because I couldn't think of an idea for it. You know, that I just go like, oh, I shelve it. I go, I'll come back to it, you know? I wanted, to, I wanted to talk uh, about briefly about books again because we've we've touched yeah. a little bit on like how to write a song and you talked about Stephen King's book on writing which I think is very good. Yeah. By the time I, I came to read this, and I'm not being arrogant, I'd learned all of those things. He's brought together a lot of things from other writers besides his own, and he's totally. a brilliant man. And I, you know, I'm not no disrespect intended whatsoever. But there are two other books, one of which might interest you, that are interesting. One is called uh, Be- On Becoming a Writer by Doretha Brand. Mm-hmm. 
And that is more about the discipline of writing. So, for example, she goes into, this is quite an old book, she talks about how to warm up your hands before using the typewriter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she also talks about making an appointment to write, which is something that I did for a long time. So it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, I immediately start writing. And I'm going to go for 10 minutes. And I had these school exercise books, which I would write in, and I'd write the most incredible rubbish. But I did it every day. And then I extended it to an hour, an hour and a half, etc. And I would write complete rubbish. Every so often, there'd be a line that would be useful. But it's the discipline of making your mind focus at a particular time that I liked. So that was all about the structure of creativity and getting into the mode. The other one's by a, a poet and Buddhist called Natalie Goldberg. And she wrote a book called Writing Down the Bones. Mm. This is more about the true creativity. It's all about writing from yourself. And, yeah. it's, and it's full of short essays that you can, you can just ignore or you can use the examples in there to write. It gives you start. It's a book that you can go back to if you're feeling like I need a refresh. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. So it's nice to have you sort of in your armory. Um, the interesting thing... One of the most interesting things in her book, she describes how where writers write from, which I think must be the same for all creatives. Right. Because a lot of people think, oh, it's the head. It's a very intellectual exercise. And she says, no, it's not that. It's, oh, from the heart. It's the center of emotion. No, she says it's from the gut. Because the gut has, it has a primitive brain. I can't remember what it's called. For it example. does, yeah. So what she was saying is that she noticed she did a lot of writing classes is that when people were into it and into their writing, they would all be crouched over from the stomach and writing like that. Mm, yeah. And that's, that's the sort of place I'd like to get to. I love that. One of my um, little songwriting secrets as well, and I, I, you know, I sound like I'm like some like, you know, amazing songwriter, but one of the things I like to do is walk around while I'm doing mm. it. Um, I'll just, I'll just, I put a guitar strap on and I just walk around and create. And it's something about amb the ambulation <laughs> of just walking around, man. It, it does something. It's really weird, but it does. You can't do that on a piano, but you can do it on a guitar. You can just kind of walk around and, and. So yeah, is that within your home or where you are or outside? Yeah, yeah. Whatever your space is, you can kind of just stand around, walk around and. And it opens, it, it does something to me. I, I don't know. It does something to me. Does it come, does, the, does the, both the music and the lyrics come when you, or is it always the music and then the, it just fascinates me. It's, it's not, it's not any one thing. It's sometimes it's the, the melody and, and then you got to find the actual music. And sometimes it's the, right. I have a line and I got to figure out what to do with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, the one, one wonderful tool uh, is called Brain Toss. I don't, do you know about Brain Toss? No, tell me about that. The so Brain Toss is an app that I think any creative person should have on their phone. And um, you can even set it. I'll show you what I like. Here's, I, this is not going to be good for your audience, but I'm going to show you. So this is my phone. Yeah. I double tap the back. Yeah. So that's Brain Toss. So what Brain Toss lets you do is I can pick picture. I can take a picture of something. I can write a note or I can leave a, yeah. a voice memo. Yeah. And what it does is you've selected an email in advance. So it just sends it right to your email. So double tap and I go, uh, I want to write a song called Third Time's a Charm. Like the idea is Third Time's a Charm. Okay, got it. You know, uh, I, there's a song on our upcoming EP called Third Time's a Charm. And it's about my parents being married three times, right? Okay. And, uh, and that came from, from Soundtrap. I just had that idea and I was like, I don't know what to do with it, but I, I think that would be a fun topic, you know? But what's great about it, like when I'm, when I'm um, 
writing when I'm writing for, for work, if I'm thinking of headlines, I, you know, you cannot help, but you're like driving and you're like, Oh God, that's a great line, but you're driving and you can't write it down. Mm-hmm. So brain, you know, brain toss, boom, there it is. You just say it into the little mic and it goes right into your email. Oh, I'm getting that. It's a great I'm tool. Getting that definitely. Cause it's surprising, you know, where you ask people when, when, when do the ideas come to you? And like, I've talked about the structure before focusing to you for, for me, it's driving or stepping into the shower, not actually in the shower, the, the act of breaking the threshold of stepping yeah. into the shower. Just, oh, yeah. 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 But, uh, and the first glass of wine of the evening, that sometimes works for me. As my, well. my understanding is that these things have actually been researched and, and walking around is one of them, by the way. When you go for a walk, you, yeah. you, you starts working on the problem. And I think it's just your subconscious is put into a safe space somehow to express itself. But I, I don't know. I, I know there's been research done on that exact phenomenon. Yeah, it does sound familiar to me. I mean, I might, I, I will do some research and write a blog post about it, perhaps. Now, to wrap up, even though we're going to have, a, we, we will have a follow-up conversation because this is just such fun, and I'm learning loads and loads and loads. So we talked earlier in the twelve questions um, interview about creativity and where it came from, blah blah. And there was two. Not disparate things, but two combination things that interested me. One, how much you like constraints to a project. Yes. And creating tension. Yes. Which I thought was a lovely way of putting it, because the constraints create the tension. But staring into the fear. Yeah. Would you like to expand on that and perhaps some examples of, of some of your work? Sure. Sure. That fear can come. You know, it's, it's uh, I have to qualify that it's, you know, ad guy fear. It's not... Uh, real fear yeah. that you know <laughs> that people are going through all over the world right now. Um, yeah. I, I think the way we, you know, your constraints, especially now in the business, we don't have the budgets we used to have. We don't have the time we used to have. We don't have the, some of the tools that we used to have. Like you're, you're, you're both, you can do both do everything mm. and nothing. Like that's one of the things I think about the modern sort of advertising industry. Mm. Like there's so many platforms now to, to tell your story, to do things. There's so many ways to get to people. Some of them are horrendous using data, things like that. Mm. But, you know, you, then you're given a problem to solve. I have to solve this problem. Mm. And back in the, you know, back in the day, and when I got in the business, it would be like, Hey, I need three print ads. That's super clear. Got it. Three print ads. I'll do it. I will do that. You know, (laughs) now it's like, Hey, uh, you know, we, we've got to drive trial for this product and we don't have any money and um, we've only got a month. Nice. So, uh, and, and by the way, and we, you know, and we only have $25,000 to do it. Yeah. So what we really need you to do is something super creative, you know? Um, so an example of that would be um, years ago, we were working on Krispy Kreme, which is a, I don't know if you know about Krispy Kreme. Oh yeah, Kreme. yeah. I know that round. Yeah, yeah. We had that account for about four years. And, uh, and um, the, the, the issue was they, they needed to drive a, um, a project. Um, it was called 12, 12, 12. It was called, it was called day of the dozens and it was launched on 12, 12, 12, right? So December 12th. And the whole idea was on December 12th, you can get for every dozen donuts you buy, you get a free dozen. Mm. And so people were, churches would come in and buy like, you know, for fundraising, they'd buy like a hundred dozen and get, you know, a hundred extra ones. So, so that made a lot of sense on 12, 12, 12, but by 12, 12, 16, it made, it started to make less sense. Right. right. But they still had the promotion and they said, you know, we have, I don't remember the money, but it wasn't very much money. And they said, we think what we're going to do is drop an FSI into our top five markets. And we know that we can, you know, if we get a 4% conversion, we'll make blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, but we, they only had like 
they only had X amount of money. I'm, I'm trying not to disclose details because they would not want me to, but they didn't have enough money to really do it. Okay. And so that's scary. Like that's okay. You got three days to figure this out. You got to come up with an idea in three days. Right. And so uh, I love that. Like that's okay. Got it. I, I, I no, not enough money, not enough time. Can't do anything. Let's go. You know? So, uh, so then you start looking at ideas and the idea that we came up with, was to create a if you have you ever been to a Krispy Kreme? No, they're sold here in like units within the supermarket. So over here in the Krispy Kreme store, they have a thing, they call it donut theater, but it's basically the donuts on a conveyor belt going through an a, a like a waterfall of icing. Okay. It's, okay. it's like an icing waterfall. Yeah. And uh and it's it's just mesmerizing. You watch the donuts come through. And so what we did was we actually turned that into a coupon. So uh, we found out that they uh, manufacture, they have their own manufacturing facility in Winston-Salem where they actually build the machines themselves. And so we said, we called them and said, hey, can you guys convert this and make it, uh, you know, make it to where the waterfall is, a, is different streams or we could turn it into a Q, like a uh, UPC code. And so they were like, yeah, let us, let us try it. So we went and shot that as a video. We, we created that with them. They built it. We shot it as a video and then we ran that and that ran across all their social channels as a coupon, but it was a mesmerizing coupon of donuts coming through the, the, the yeah. wall of, of donuts. I'll send you a link of it. And, um, and we did it for a fraction of what it would have cost to mm. drop those FSIs into their top five, four, you know, four to seven markets, whatever that was. You just explain FSIs to me. Uh, freestanding insert. So that's the that's the little coupon sheet that goes into your Sunday paper here, uh, where it's like there's a thousand of them, and it's like come get this pizza, you know, buy one get one, that sort of thing. That was the actual assignment was to do one of those, and so we ended up running it across all the social channels. It ended up being the second most engaged with posts in Instagram in the world. Wow! We get it ran, and all you had to do was walk in with your phone, and like there's the video on your feed going use me as the coupon. And uh, that, that's just an example of it, but it was terrifying because we didn't know if it was going to work. We didn't know if it was going to work the entire time, <laughs> you know? So we were on a high wire the entire time and the client was right there with us. They were great. I mean, they were holding hands with us going like, let's hope this works, you know? Uh, and you, and you work tirelessly to make it work. But uh, yeah. that's an example to me of a really scary situation where like you're in danger of letting down a, a client in a, in a huge way, you know? And then the idea was the safe answer was to do this, this, the boring drop the FSIs in the market. Mm -hmm. And we talked them into not doing that and to doing something else, you know? And so you're, you're having to have this sort of confidence of your own convictions there to go like that. We're going to pull we're we're going to make this work. We're going to make it happen. It's going to be cool. It ended up being uh, ad ages digital campaign of the year actually as well. I'm not surprised because I haven't seen the link yet. I can picture it. Because I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's really beautiful, but it's so simple. Yeah, but the, the thumbnail, et cetera, would, would be so brilliant. Yeah. I, can, I can see it in my head because I know yeah. Christmas cream. I've eaten them, you know, and I've um, – yeah. uh, never mind about that. So, okay, um, I, think, I think on leaving that brilliant note, I think we'll call it – wrap it up, and I'll say David Baldwin from Baldwin, and thank you very much for being on Jelly Trumpet. What a, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 